And if I perish, I perish. Father, bless the message tonight to our hearts. Give me the attention of all the people. In Jesus' name, amen. Got a letter the other day. Preacher. Said, Dr. Hiles, I followed you for years. I can no longer follow you. He said, you don't realize, Dr. Hiles, that I'm quoting now, your kind has passed by. He said, you've got to realize that this is a new age. He said, I tried the same thing that you stood for through these years. But he said, we still have the same message, but we have different methods. And he said, and I'm quoting, your kind has passed by. I wrote him back a letter by longhand. And I said, if my kind has passed by, and if my kind can no longer build a church, and if what I preach will no longer work, if I perish, I perish. I plan to perish on what I believed for these 41 years of preaching. If I perish, I perish. If standing as I have stood all these years causes me to perish, I'll perish. Because I know that for 41 years of preaching, I have stood for old-fashioned New Testament Christianity. I know I've stood for the right. And I know I've got to face God. And if the pews of this building are empty someday because of my position on the Bible and on right and wrong, if fighting the heresy that's coming out of California on lordship salvation causes me to perish, I perish. If taking my stand that this book I hold in my hand is the word of God causes me to perish, I perish. If preaching that women ought to dress like women and men ought to dress like men causes me to perish, then I perish. I've just come too far to turn back. I've just stood too long to, to, to yield and turn back and change. I just think I'll go on and finish it up the way I started it. And if I perish, I perish. If standing for women wearing skirts and men wearing pants and women not wearing pants and men not wearing skirts... Yeah, that's the thing that all of us stood for 25, 30 years ago. I'm not the one that's changed. It's these pussyfooters that are changed. I've not changed a bit. Not a bit. I can take you to colleges across this nation that allow young ladies to wear pants now on their campuses, in their dormitories, and they didn't 10 years ago. Now you tell me, who's changed? Who's changed? If taking a stand for, for modesty causes me to perish, I perish. If preaching against the dirty Hollywood movies causes me to perish, I perish. If preaching against the dirty rotten soap operas in the afternoon causes me to perish, I perish. If preaching against the dirty primetime sex-oriented heathen pagan television programs causes me to perish, I perish. If preaching against rock music and saying it's of the devil and saying that Satan inspired it and perpetuates it and you're in cahoots with the devil if you listen to it, if that caused me to perish, I perish. I'll die before I'll turn back on what I've preached for almost a half a century. I'm saying I didn't get in this thing to build a big church and I won't stay in it to build a big church. I'm simply saying right is right, wrong is wrong, black is black, white is white, good is good, bad is bad. And what was wrong 25 or 35 years ago is wrong tonight. God knows no, no standards of one generation and other standards of another generation. I'm saying if I perish, I perish. If old-fashioned hellfire and damnation preaching and mourners bench Christianity and the old-time religion causes me to perish, I perish. I'm not in this ministry so I may live. I'm in this ministry so he may live. I'm not in this ministry so I can stay alive. I'm in this ministry so the old-time gospel can stay alive. I'm simply saying tonight, as long as I'm pastor of First Baptist Church of Hammond, you may as well get used to it. The same thing that's been preached for 41 years from this mouth and 30 years from this pulpit will be preached. And if it's not popular in 1989, it will be preached. If it's not liked in 1989, it will be preached. If it fills the building, it will be preached. If it empties the building, it will be preached. And if I perish, I'll perish. 
My stand on soul winning and separation caused me to perish. I perish. Esther said, I may die if I walk in that inner court. But if I don't walk in that inner court, we'll all die. And she said, it's God has brought me into the kingdom for such a time as this. And she said, I am walking in there because it's a thing I'm supposed to do and the thing that God has called me to do. And if I die, I die. If I perish, I perish. I believe from the crown of my foot to the sole, my head to the sole of my foot. I believe in every fiber of my being and every ounce of weight that I have. I believe in the old-time religion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe in all of my soul in personal soul winning. I believe in house-to-house soul winning. I don't believe in this new modern kind of, of, uh, of uh, 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 soul winning that says live it by your life and that's all. I think you ought to live it by your life, but you ought to talk it by your mouth also. If I perish, I perish. But I'll stand for soul winning. For 41 years, I've pastored soul winning churches. And I've never known anything but God's mighty hand of blessing upon my ministry. But if it stops, and if soul winning doesn't work, and if people don't like it, and if it, and, and if it causes the church to go down, it doesn't matter. If I perish, I perish. Why? Because I believe that God's plan for New Testament churches is publicly and in house daily in the house to house and in the temple every house ceasing not to preach in Jesus Christ. I believe with all of my soul an old-fashioned door-knocking soul winning. If I perish with that, I perish with that. And in my doctrine on separation, if my doctrine, my preaching on mixed bathing caused me to perish, I'll perish. If my preaching on women not wearing shorts in public caused me to perish, I'll perish. If my preaching that men only get haircuts caused me to perish, I'll perish. I'm simply saying I've come too far. I'm not going to turn back. You may as well get used to it. I'm not going to kowtow. I'm not going to compromise. I'm not going to get bought off. If I perish, I perish. That's what I've preached for these 41 long years. If my convictions about Christian education cause me to perish, I perish. No, we're not going to invite a chorus line of public school girls into our gymnasium at Hammond Baptist High School. No, we're not going to have the public school teams coming in our high school and playing and the little uh, short skirt, thigh-showing cheerleaders come in so our men can look at them and have evil thoughts. But you see, Brother Howes, that, that day has been over for years. It may have been every place but one, but here it's not over yet. I put a good part of my life into Hammond Baptist High School. I put my soul and my life and my heart, and I've given some years off the end of my life for Hammond Baptist High School and Howells Anderson College, and I will not turn, I will not bow, I will not be bought off, I will not be out. I won't do it. If I perish, I perish. But as long as Jack Howells has a breath, whether we have 100 students at Howells Anderson College or 10,000 students at Howells Anderson College, the same standards we've held for these 17 years will continue to stand. So, you say for the house, what if the world gets more worldly? Let her get more worldly. If I perish, I perish. No, we're not going to be accredited by the heathen. I'm not going to let a, a, a public school system that can't even teach our kids how to read and write. Tell us how to operate the Christian school. Got a letter the other day. You know, ladies, I want to go to Howells Anderson College. It's the best, I think it's the best college in America. She said, uh, but I want to be a school teacher. And what if by the time that I graduate from Howells Anderson College, every school teacher in America has got to have graduate from accredited college. What's going to happen? If I perish, I perish. I perish, I perish. If we can't find a place for our kids to teach, I'm still going to lead Howells Anderson College to say that the dirty heathen shouldn't run a Christian college. I have never believed it was right for us to give our, our, our sacrifice and our sweat and our blood and in some cases our life savings to build an institution different from the public school system, and then let the public school system accredit us and tell us what to teach and who to teach. Now, if me saying I think the public school system is the devil, if that caused me to perish, I'll perish. I've said it. I'll keep on saying it. 
And your little notes won't help, won't, won't do one solitary thing. Not a thing except call sermons like this. If I perish, I perish. If ever, if ever deacon on the board stands up and says, I think we ought to be accredited, it'll not be accredited as long as I have anything to do with Hiles Anderson College. I'm not going to let a bunch of evolution teaching, Bible rejecting, atheists, and, uh, and heathen and pagan tell us how to run our school. I'm not going to do it. Hiles Anderson College, Hammond Baptist High School, Hammond Baptist Junior High School, Hammond Baptist Grade School, and City Baptist High School will be always what we have been as long as I'm associated. And if you don't like it, you vote me out because I'll perish before I'll bow. I perish, I perish. I perish, I perish. Let the other pussyfooters kowtow. Let them hobnob. Let them bow their knee to bail. But as long as my name is hooked up with institutions, I'll guarantee you I'll fight to the death to see to it that we remain Christian fundamental Baptist school. And I'll fight to the death to tell you that I think that the godless government public schools ought not to be attended by Christian people. That's not the first time you've heard that, and that's not the last time you're going to hear it. They wrote me a letter, and she said, I'm going to go to some church somewhere where they don't always talk about how rotten the public schools are. Well, you can find a lot of churches where the pastor's got lace on his underwear if you want to, but I wear men's underwear. If I perish, I perish. I'm not in this business to live. I'm in this business to stand for what I think is right. And right hasn't changed all of a sudden. I don't what's changed all of a sudden. Your courage has changed all of a sudden. You know that the godless heathen schools are satanic. You know that. You know Christian education is the answer. But why have Christian education let the heathen tell you how to operate it? I perish. I perish. I was on a campus. By the way, if you can figure out what college this is, go ahead. If you don't like what I'm saying, then you can just use sugar or salt to lump it with. I was on a Christian college campus a few weeks ago that started within one year or one or two years when our school started. And you wouldn't believe what I saw. I stood there and wept. As I saw what had happened on that so-called Christian college campus. Girls and boys holding hands on campus and it's now inside the rules. Girls and boys embracing each other. Girls jogging across the campus in shorts. Brother, if ever deacon on this board doesn't like what I'm preaching tonight, he'll just have to adjust himself. And if ever, ever, ever faculty member in the schools don't like what I'm saying tonight, you will just have to, I don't plan to adjust. I like that song in the Stamps Baxter book, I don't want to get adjusted. I told a chiropractor that one time. He said, you need to come and get an adjustment. I said, there's a song I want to sing to you. I don't want to get adjusted. I've seen it till I'm sick of it. Colleges, fundamental colleges, changing their standards to get students. If God gives me grace, and as long as this place will follow me, I'll bind you. We won't change one little iota of a rule in order to get more students. Somebody said if you'd make it so all the students at Howells Anderson College didn't have to go soul winning, you'd get more students. So well, we're going to be a soul winning school, and if I perish, I perish. If you didn't make all the boys spend a, young men spend a year in the bus ministry, well, why don't you go to University of Indiana? They won't make you spend a year in the bus ministry. Why don't you go to Notre Dame? They won't make you go soul winning. But this happens to be a fundamental capital F, capital U, capital N, and however else fell it, Baptist college that believes in the old-time gospel and the old-time religion, and it will always be that as long as God gives me sanity. Now, if we can build a big school that way, we will. But if I perish that way, I'll perish that way. I will not yield. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a tree that's planted with the water, I shall not be moved. Why? Because America needs a college, a, a Christian college like this that won't bow her knee to get students. I 
perish shall perish. If going through the textbooks as we do, and every time we come, every book in our library, as far as we know, has been checked, and every word that is bad in that book has been cut out of the book. I don't mean we have a little note in the front of the book that we don't agree with everything in this book. That's like showing an X-rated movie and saying we don't necessarily agree with it. I mean, if you if you find a book in the Hiles Anderson College Library, or the Hammond Baptist Library, or if you find a textbook that has a curse word in it, or a vulgar word in it, you let me know and I'll guarantee you that word will be cut out of that book. We won't have dirty words on the shelves of our library. What do you say, Brother Hiles? That's not according to the to the cultural intelligentsia. Well, let the cultural intelligentsia go to the booger, man. I perish if I perish, but I'm not going to kowtow. Why in the world build a Christian school to be like the heathen school? If having people in to show the other side causes me to perish, I perish. If making it against the rules to hold hands on campus causes me to perish, I perish. If I perish, I perish. If Howells Anderson College perishes, it perishes. If Hammond Baptist schools perish, they perish. If First Baptist Church perishes, it perishes. We have no right to exist unless we take our stand. The enrollment goes down, it goes down. Somebody said, oh, Brother Howell, you take your stand, it'll all turn out okay in the end. Tell John the Baptist about that. And for every Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that are preserved in the fire furnace, there's a John the Baptist and a John Huss and a Latimer and a Ridley that were burned at the stake for their stand. God, give us some old-fashioned Christians again. Folks that'll say, I'll die before I'll turn. Twelve years. John Bunyan languished in the Bedford jail. All because he would not yet accept a permit to preach on the street. He said, I have a permit to preach on the street. A little blind girl came to his cell one day and she said, Daddy, I've got some good news for you. If you ever want to read a book that will ring your heart, you read the life of that little blind daughter of John Bunyan. She said, Daddy, I've got some good news for you. They say that they're going to let you out of jail. You can come home to mommy, to me, and to the family. John Bunyan said, wonderful, sweetheart. Is there anything I've got to do? She said, yes, Daddy. All you've got to do is promise that you'll not ever preach on the streets anymore. You can come home to me and to the family and to mommy. John Bunyan looked at her through tears and said, honey, I don't like to put it like this, but I've got to. He said, if I get out of prison tomorrow or today, I'll preach on the streets tomorrow. Stand up! Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner. It must not suffer loss. I perish, I perish. Standing as I stood all these years caused me to perish, I perish. If my stand on soul winning causes me to perish, I perish. If my stand on separation causes me to perish, I perish. If my stand on Christian education causes me to perish, I perish. That isn't all. If being a friend to my friends causes me to perish, I'll perish. Forty years ago, nearly, a little pine thicket in East Texas on my knees at three to four o'clock in the morning, with a flash night light shining on a three by five card, me making some notes that affect my life. I made God five holy vows that I've kept for these years. I said, number one, I'll never make money an issue in my preaching. And you've helped me do that. I said, number two, nobody will ever meddle with my preaching. And listen, you want, you may as well huff and puff and try to talk the moon into becoming cheese and cut it up and put it between some crackers made out of stars. That's to change my preaching. And your little notes won't do a thing. And your phone calls and letters won't do a thing. I mean, two and two is four, sunrise east sets in the west, and my preaching is between me and God, and you keep your nose out of it. May as well just do my little deal. Right over here, right there, up these steps, and right across here, and all of this, and all of this, and all of this, over to here, and over to here, 
and all this over here and right here belongs to me, and you keep your nose out of it. My territory. Somebody said, what is this, a dictatorship? What's going on right now? Yeah. 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 We don't have any committees that decide what I preach. Or where I preach. Or when I preach. Or how long I preach. I made God a vow. Money would never be an issue. I made God a vow. Nobody ever meddled with my preaching. I made God a vow. I'd make my decisions on the basis of what's right and wrong and principle, not on the basis of convenience and accommodation. Number four, I made God a promise that I would not be loyal to institutions. I'd be loyal to principles. And number five, I made God a promise that I'd be a friend to my friends. And I'll guarantee you one thing, I'm not going to forsake a friend. If my friend's in trouble, I'm his friend. If my friend is in sin, I'm his friend. I'm not for his sin, but I'm his friend. I'm his friend. If my friend's on top, I'm his friend. If my friend's on the bottom, I'm his friend. And if that causes me to perish, I perish. I'll not turn my back on a friend. They got a holy vow years ago. I'd be a friend to my friends. By the grace of God, I intend to stay a friend to my friends. Not only will I perish if I perish because of my stand all these years, because of my stand on soul winning and separation and Christian education and being a friend, but I perish if I perish if loving sinners causes me to perish, I perish. Now, I want you to hear me real well for a minute. I am sick up to hear that you Pharisees looking down your, your backslidden snoots at people that get in trouble and you never will let them get back on their feet again. I'm sick of it. You're not, you, you're not original either, by the way. They had your kind in Jesus' day. They said he eats with sinners. They said he's a friend of sinners. And bless your little pea-picking heart, I have been for 41 years the sinner's friend. And brother, if being the sinner's friend causes me to perish, I'll perish. I will perish with the sinners I'm trying to help and perish with you Pharisees. Or then live with you Pharisees. Young lady gets pregnant out of wedlock in this church. I hate, nobody hates adultery more than I do. Nobody hates immorality more than I do. Nobody hates the lewdness of our generation more than I do. Nobody hates the situation ethics more than I do. Nobody hates the homosexuality more than I do. Nobody hates the dirty devil and what he's doing to corrupt our kids more than I do. But bless God, when one of our little girls goes into sin, I hate the sin she committed, but he shall come to me. She's still got a friend. If you don't, you can't live with that, you just live, learn to live with it. Jesus was a friend of sinners. People criticize me. Here's a, here's a young lady. Been in our church all of her life. She breaks our hearts. We tried to warn her. And a young man the same way. And they, they go into sin and she gets pregnant. What happens? You Pharisees do nothing but spread your dirty scandals. Look down your snoots at her. Truth is, she needs somebody to love her and back to Jesus and back to God and back to the will of God. Every time anybody in this church goes in the deep sin, we ought to be running to them on our knees and saying, We love you. Let us help you get back. Turn your telephone off. Hang up your dirty gossiping telephone. Jesus loves sinners. He hates sin with a passion. You ever wonder how much God hates sin? You look at what his son had to do to satisfy the holy righteous demands of Almighty God. You look at Calvary. You look at the nails in his hands and feet. You look at the crown of thorns on his brow. You look at the spear that pierced his side. You look at his body beating the cat of nine tails. That's how much God hates sin. But God loves the sinner as much as God hates the sin. You folks that are in trouble... You just come on to your preacher. Let the heathen rage. I'll help you. I'll nurture you back to God. I'll nurture you. I'll salvage what I can of your life. I'm not condoning pregnancy before you're married. 
Neither am I condoning people that don't try to help people who go into sin. You say, Brother Howell, we don't like that kind of preaching. Well, if I perish, I perish. My job is to help sinners. There's no crowd in the entire Bible that Jesus reserved his wrath for as much as the people that criticize people because they'd sin. Look, when they sin, they sin. You can't do anything about it. I think we ought to wave the flag and say, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. I've seen all the tears I want to see shed. I've seen all the hearts broken. I want to see broken. I've seen all the parents crushed. I want to see crushed. But I still believe that Jesus forgives sinners. If I perish, I perish. Not only standing as I've stood all these years cause me to perish, I perish. If my stand on soul winning in the old time religion causes me to perish, I perish. If my stand on standards and convictions and, and, and that cause me to perish, I perish. If my convictions about Christian education cause me to perish, I perish. If my stand on being a friend to my friends cause me to perish, I perish. And you won't get me to forsake a friend. No, you won't. No way you'll get me to forsake a friend. I mean, if my friend goes under, and, and, and if, if, if going with my friend pulls me under too, I'm going to stick by my friend. Not only if loving sinners causes me to perish, I'll perish. But if reaching the poor causes me to perish, I'll perish. May as well just say it again. These kids over here are just as welcome as these kids out here. Let me just make it plain. We don't have any caste system in this church as far as this pulpit is concerned. When my Savior stood and preached his first sermon, he was in his own home synagogue. He quoted Isaiah when, when, in, in the first text he ever used. These words, and the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's the first thing he said. Most of you wouldn't like Jesus if you were your pastor. He loves these little bus kids as much as he loves your kids. He loves these blind folks as much as he loves the seeing. He loves these deaf folks as much as he loves the hearing. He loves these crippled folks as much as he loves the well. He loves the poor people on welfare as much as he loves the rich people. I'm not trying to preach against the rich. Every time I say something like this, hey, you don't want rich people here. I want rich people here. I want all kinds of sinners, poor or rich. I won't kowtow to anybody for a dollar. No way I'll do it. No way. I stood on this platform over here in this building at Burn 29 years ago this summer. And I saw seven millionaires walk out of this church at one time. I saw the richest people in the city of Hammond walk out of this church. I'm talking about bank presidents and corporation owners and corporation presidents. They walked out of this church because they couldn't buy me off. And bless God, if they couldn't buy me off, you can't buy me off either. I'm not for sale. Man, I'm just tired of these little bus kids. Well, you'll just get tired of it. And out there, stood on the sidewalk a few years ago. Not here anymore, but he was. He was a deacon. And uh, he pointed to the buses that are across the street. He said, to the house, he said, I'm sick and tired of all those buses. And I said, well, you're going to get sicker and tireder. And he said, when Mr. Moody was in Chicago, he didn't have a bunch of buses covering the city of Chicago. I said, no, because buses had not been invented then. He had horses and wagons. And, and Mr. Moody covered Chicago with horses and wagons, just like we're doing with buses. And if they had buses, he had used buses. And that Pharisee stood out there and folded his arms like all Pharisees do. And he said, well, he said, he said, that Brother Howells, he said, uh, look out there. He said, our parking lot. He said, oil has leaked all over that parking lot. I said, I wonder what leaked on Mr. Moody's parking lot. He said, but that oil stinks. Mr. Moody's parking lot didn't smell like Chanel number five. 
You know that one day a man named Paul Rader pastored Moody Church over here in Chicago. By the way, you know when Billy Sunday started that church on the north side of Chicago, they called him Crazy Moody. You know how he got the name Crazy Moody? Because he started for a Sunday school for a bunch of poor kids on the north side of Chicago. He walked up and down the streets himself trying to get poor little kids to come to his Sunday school. One day he's walking down the street. Little kid saw him began to run. Mr. Moody ran after the kid. The kid ran up a walk. Mr. Moody ran up the walk. The kid ran in his house. Mr. Moody followed him into the house. The kid ran upstairs. Mr. Moody followed him upstairs. The kid uh, went in, inside his apartment. Mr. Moody followed him in the apartment. The kid crawled under the bed. Mr. Moody got a hold of his foot and pulled him out under the bed. About that time his dad walked in and said, What are you doing here? Mr. Moody said, Oh, then he looked and he said, You must be Crazy Moody. And he got the name Crazy Moody. There was a day when Mr. Paul Rader pastored that same church and he resigned the church because he was after the poor people and that's what started the famous Rader Tabernacle over here that for years was the hottest thing in Chicago. Moody, Moody Church was started for the poor and Rader Tabernacle was started for the poor and Brother Jesus died for the poor as well as he died for the rich. And if loving the poor causes me to perish, I'll perish! I'm too old. It's too old to turn back. Too old to be bought out. Too old to kowtow to rich people. Now, by the way, rich folks are as welcome here as anybody. But you're no more welcome than anybody. No more welcome than anybody. I mean, the Ph.D. that teaches at Howells Anderson College is no more welcome in this building than the poorest little kid over here in the ghetto. In the ghetto. You say, well, how... You do like that, you're going to chase all the money away. I'm not here to make money, I'm here to reach souls. That causes, us to, causes me to perish, I perish. I say if standing as I've stood all these years causes me to perish, I perish. I say if preaching, standing for an old-fashioned soul winning, house to house, door knocking, causes me to perish, I perish. If standing on the fact that the blood of Jesus is necessary for salvation, Cause me to perish, I perish. If standing for this book is being verbally inspired by God, causes me to perish, I perish. If taking my stand on modest dress for women and masculine dress for men and against the dirty, rotten unisex movement, cause me to perish, I perish. Being a friend causes me to perish, I perish. If loving sinners cause me to perish, I perish. Next, if not seeking revenge against my enemies causes me to perish, I perish. Won't you fight back? Because I'm commanded not to fight back. Won't you tell your side of the story? I'm commanded to love those that hate me, bless those that curse me, and pray for those that despitefully use me. And I'll guarantee you I'll not get in the same gutter and use the same gutter tactics that my enemies use. I'll not do it. And if that calls me to perish, I'll perish. Well, you say, Brother Howes, won't you fight back? Because I'm commanded in this Bible not to fight back. And so are you. If that calls me to perish, I'll perish. I told you the other night about a man in Texas that I'll destroy your ministry. Well, if he could... I'll just get destroyed before I'll change. I'll destroy your ministry. The day came when he got out of the ministry, and I was the first person and probably the only person that contacted him and asked him if I could help him. Jesus said you're supposed to pray for those that despitefully use you. And brother, before I before I'll spend my, look, my job's not defending me. My job's defending him. If I perish, I perish. If I perish because of my stand, I perish. If I perish because I'll not fight back, I perish. If I perish because I love the poor, I perish. But I just want to tell you as 1989 opens up, it's going to be the same it was in 1988 and 87 and 86 and 85, 84 and 83 and 82 and 81 and 80 and 79 and 78 and 70, 77 and 76 and 75 and 74 and 73 and 72 and 71 and 70 and 69 and 68 and 67 and 66 and 65 and 64 and 63 and 62 and 61 and 60 and last half of 59. I mean, there's just no need to change. I've come too far. That's a very strange thing. 
Well, how'd you get meaner? I'll double dog dare you. Let me show you some sermons I preached about 15 years ago. It scorch your trousers. And if God lets me live another 15 years, the ones I preach 15 years from now are going to scorch your pants too. 41 years ago, I took my stand on what's right and wrong. And brother, there's not one single conviction that, that, that I had then. I don't have now. Back when, it, when, when everybody's preaching what I preach now, everybody believed there's fire in hell. Now then, one of the most famous evangelists in the world said, he didn't know if there's fire in hell. Well, look at the Bible. That's not very popular. It's not my job to be popular. It's my job to stand for this book and the truth that's in it. Now, if that succeeds, I succeed. If that, if that causes me to perish, I perish. If doing God's will and God's work causes me to perish, I perish. A man said to me, 40, let's see, about 42 years ago, he said to me, you'll never preach like that and make it. And I said to him, and I say to you, I'm not trying to make it. I'm trying to preach what I believe with all my soul is the Word of God and the truth of God. Southern Baptist Convention people said to me years ago, and I wouldn't kowtown to the bigwig. I remember now, I was chosen the past preacher of the year, one year, of the Texas Baptist Convention. My church was chosen the church of the year. Next year, the same thing. Church was the church of the year. My, I was the preacher of the year. They put me on programs. I preached in my 20s on, on big programs all over Texas at Southern Baptist Convention meetings. After I preached the first time, they, they invited me to preach about six times. They should have invited me for one time and then see how I did. But they made the mistake of inviting me for six meetings before they ever heard me preach at the first one. After I preached at the first one, I can still see those big wigs sitting beside me, and I was a kid preacher. I was about to get up. Special being sung. I was the next speaker. I hear him say, now, son, ease up, man. You're going you're gonna to make the enemies everybody here. You won't have any place to, place to preach. Put his hand on my knee. I put my hand back on his knee. He'd pat me. I'd pat him. I said, you're the one nervous, not me. Not nervous. I'm not here to make friends influence people. I'm here to make, make sinners saved. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to influence people for the old-time religion. And America's going to hell because she's left it. America was a lot better off in every area when we had mourners bench Christianity. When the Billy Sundays and the Sam Joneses and the Mordecai Hams and the other old hell-snorting, hell-raising evangelists and practically every preacher in every church preached exactly like I'm preaching tonight. Years ago when John Rice was a young man, preached a revival in Waxahachie, Texas, and he couldn't get a crowd. So he went out to, he put an ad in the paper, said, I'm going to Lover's Lane tonight, taking down all the license plate numbers. He said, I'm going to read the numbers of every license plate in Lover Lane tonight. He said, before I get back here tomorrow night, he said, I'm going to have, have it checked out and see the names. He said, I'm going to read the names and license plate numbers. Everybody's in Lover's Lane. You say, Brother Hyam, <laughs> you'll never get anywhere like that. You won't ever get anywhere trying to get somewhere. And it doesn't matter where we get. It's where that gets. And where he gets. Well, how do you want to be remembered as a hell-raising preacher? I don't even care if I'm remembered not long as this is remembered and he's remembered. Well, Brother Howes, don't you want a place in history? No, I flunked history in school. I'm not interested in it now. I just want a few rewards in heaven. That's all I want. What difference does it make what they think about me when I'm gone? Or now, for that matter. Only thing that matters, brother, is what he thinks. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's golden shore. I don't feel much at home here anyhow anymore. Change the words just a bit. I went to college. The president of our college called me in and he said, he said, son, you're on the wrong track. On the wrong track. He said, 
you will never make it. He said, the truth is, you will starve. Would somebody ask me about You'll starve. Boy, if this is starving, you ought to see me if I was healthy. God didn't call me to eat. God called me to stand. Wealthy lady one time, she said, I'll spend every dime I got ruining your ministry if you don't change. I said, you can ruin my ministry. If you want to, you go ahead and do it, but I'm not going to change. I'll go under for right before I'll go on top for wrong. Preacher patted me on the knee. All these Southern Baptist preachers always knee patting. They patted me on the knee. He said, Brother High, he said, you have a great future. If, I hate that if, if, fully on if, and fully on my great future. I came to Hammond 30 years ago. They said, you'll never be able to build a big church in Hammond. Okay, I said, if I can't, I'm not going to build a big church anyway. I'm going to preach and go soul winning and take a stand what I think is right. I perish, I perish. One well-known preacher said to me, I'll see to it that you'll never get an opportunity to pastor a church of any size. You know what you ought to do? You ought to say, if I perish, I perish. If I perish, I perish. If I'm popular at work for doing what's right, I'll do what's right. But if I lose my job, if I perish, I perish. I've got to go to the liquor party for Christmas. Keep my job, I'll just perish. If I've got to kowtow and yield my convictions, I'll just perish. You said, Brother Howe, I just believe you take your stand, it'll all turn out okay. I'm sorry, but that's the worst reason in the world if you take a stand. You ought to take a stand because of truth. My brother, truth is forever on the scaffold. Error is forever on the throne. I wasn't popular when I was in junior high school for the faculty. I wouldn't dance. I was an athlete. As I was, I was, I was supposed to lead the conga line at the senior dance. Mrs. Kerr came to me and she said, Jack, you're going to lead the conga line. I said, no, ma'am, I can't do that. She said, well, you're going to. And I said, no, ma'am, I'm not going to. I, I mean, I'm talking about, I was 12, 13 years old. Well, she said, you have to. And I said, no, ma'am, I don't have to. No. Well, she said, Jack, she said, I'm going to teach you how to dance. I said, no, I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance somebody a lot younger and prettier than she is. <laughs> I thought, I think dancing sort of funny and it's sort of stupid anyhow. If I want to hug, I want to hug sitting down, not walking across the floor. All these dances they got, bunny hop, dish rag twist. Bull weevil wiggle. He said, why aren't you going to dance? I said, because Jesus doesn't want me to dance. Woo! She dropped me like a hot tater. I wasn't popular in junior high school, and I wasn't popular in high school because of my stand. I wasn't popular in the army because of my stand. I've never thought being popular was the purpose of life. I've never thought trying to avoid perishing was a purpose of life. I've always thought doing right was a purpose. The other day, I was talking to 
person that grew up here at the church. I'm trying to think who it was. I don't. I don't remember when it was. But, but uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I know who it was. Well, she's she's here now. She's an adult. Married has child. She was thanking me for the way I stood beside the young people years ago before there was a Hammond Baptist School. Right down at Hammond Tech, one year they had a musical program going to be on Wednesday night. And she reminded me of that. She was here then. We're talking now about 25, 27 years ago. We're way back yonder. I mean, this gal I was talking to is getting close to 40. And she may be 40. But anyway, she's getting close to it. And she said, you remember, when you came to Hammond Tech, they had a big musical program. And of the, of, the, of the singers, I think two of the singers were from our church and three of the five pianists were from our church. And I went up to see the principal. The principal there at the time the was named Parsons. I went up and talked to him, Parsons to Parsons. He said, what did you come for? I said, I've come to tell you that our young people will not be a part of the program. Wednesday night. That agreed, by the way. It's back when we had some young folks in those days even had some courage and conviction. You think it's tough to stand at Hammond Baptist. You ought to try to stand back in those days. Principal said, well, I'll let you talk to the head of the music department, a female. Not a lady, a female. Walked in there and she said to me, she said, your students will participate. I said, no, ma'am, they won't participate. She said, well, if they pass music, they will. I said, oh, no. They won't flunk music because of not going Wednesday night, because Wednesday night's church night, they're going to church. She said, well, they'll get lower grades. I said, not unless the Supreme Court says they do. She said, I've got time and the money to go to Supreme Court. I said, you'll be drug along because i got the time and I'll raise the money. My kids came to church. Some of you are here tonight. Took a stand back in those days. And yet you folks at Hammond Baptist High School, you can't even take a stand against what little temptation you got there. You folks at Howells Anderson College can't take a stand Howells Anderson College. Oh, there I saw Mike Green. Mike was a young, young fellow. Miller Road Baptist Church. I was his pastor. Had a fellow named Carmen Hartsfield. He and Mike were a senior class together. Mike was a catcher on the baseball team. Carmen was the uh, on a center on the football team. Mike was an end on the football team. And, a, and the Garland High School was one of the biggest schools in the state. Our boys. Went to public school. Carmen was chosen the president of the senior class. Mike was chosen program chairman, whatever it was. They met to plan the senior dance. Had an hour to plan the senior dance. Well, Carmen was president. They talked about Jesus. Told him how to be saved. The whole hour was spent. They didn't plan the senior dance. Had to call the senior dance off. Bless God. Uh, uh, Mike was, was, had the leading part in the senior play. He called me the day of the play at noon and said, Preacher, I'm in trouble. I've just found out that the play is going to go to promote a dance. The, the proceeds off the senior play are going to promote a dance. What should I do? I said, you shouldn't be a part of the senior play. He said, you better come up here. I went up to the Garland High School and the, the drama department lady had palsy. She said... He says he won't perform tonight. And I said, and I say amen. She said, I've never met a preacher like you. I said, don't, come, don't complain to me because you've been going to the wrong church. See, I've always been like this. I don't plan to change. You know what they did? They took that money and didn't use a dime of it for the dance. Two boys in a public school caused two dances to be canceled for the senior class. 
I'll never forget that night. Ms. Howes and I went up for the graduation. It was in the gymnasium at Garland High School. And Carmen was the president of the senior class. And Mike was, I think, the program chairman or chaplain. I don't know what it was. But anyway, Carmen was president. And time came for them to pass out the diplomas. And I want you to know, all those worldly kids came across the stage. And boy, they got all kinds of applause and cheers and hollers and screams. Folks stood. They called off the name Carmen Hotsfield. Man, it was as quiet as a funeral in Episcopalian church. The folks that are deaf and mute. And nobody, everybody was just froze because nobody liked him. Ms. Howes, I'll tell you, if he tells the truth, I stood up up there in the balcony of that gymnasium. And boy, I said, Wah! Woo! Yay! Yay! There's a lot of other folks cheering too, but they couldn't hear them because they didn't have ears to hear them. They were cheering up there. Like that song, I traveled down lonely road, no one seemed to care. The burden on my weary back was more than I could bear. I oft complained to Jesus how folks were treating me. And then I heard him say so tenderly, Brother, I want to tell you something. It won't be long till all of us will be in heaven. And let's take our stand, popular or unpopular, loved or unloved. I'm simply saying tonight, I'm making a, I'm making the State of the Union address tonight. If I perish, I perish. My position on the old time gospel causes me to perish, I perish. My position on the mourner's bench Christianity caused me to perish. I perish. My conviction about personal soul winning caused me to perish. I perish. If old-fashioned hell-raising preaching caused me to perish, I perish. If loving the poor causes me to perish, I perish. If loving sinners and being a friend of sinners causes me to perish, I perish. If being a friend of my friends causes me to perish, I perish. If not fighting back and using the same gutter tactics that my enemies use cause me to perish, I perish. And if doing the will of God and doing what's right and what I think is right causes me to perish, I perish. Every once in a while somebody will introduce me. And they'll say, folks, listen to this man. This is the Charles Spurgeon of this age. That doesn't make any difference to me. No, no. It'd make a better difference to me. Not interested in being the Charles Spurgeon of this age. I'm interested in the one life I've got to live. Doing what I think God wants me to do. And standing for what and against what I think God wants me to stand for and against. And if that gets to the place where it's not popular and it causes me to perish, I perish. I invite you to perish with me. Come on in. The water's fine. Our Father, 